0: Hi, guys. It's so good to be back. You have no idea. I'm going to put this right here, whoever this is. It's right there. You guys are a really good-looking group of people. Well, I'm going to share a little bit. Um, So I've been living in Texas Um, the last year and a half. I was, like I said, an intern at Teen Mania Ministries. Um, And my journey with Teen Mania has actually kind of changed my life a lot. I guess I'll share a little bit about my upbringing. But I was born in this state, in Minneapolis. Um, I've traveled to a lot of states, too, and I can tell you Minneapolis is definitely like top five of the best cities in the world, (laughs) Um, sure, (laughs) but um, so I grew up in Minneapolis, and um, when I was born, I I didn't ever get a chance to meet my birth father, and then um, my mom had three other children, and um, we all have different fathers, and so definitely a lot of father figures in and out of my life, Uh, but my mother was also, she doesn't know who she is, and um, she lacked a lot of love growing up as well, and so there was a lot of abuse that trickled down to me and my three brothers, and a lot of drug abuse and alcohol abuse in my home. And so I kind of grew up just, for, like, robbing houses with my mom and just really confused and um, just had a lot of abandonment and felt a lot of neglect. And so just really suffered from not only a mother wound but a father wound wound. And I was kind of walking down a path that wasn't going to bring any life. And I attended Acquire the Fire. Do you guys know what that is? So Teen Mania puts that on. I don't really remember how I got there, but I just remember being there. And the speaker gave a message of the Father's love. And um, I like I don't, it wasn't like this, you know, this big aha moment, but I just remember in, in that moment encountering the Lord and, and experiencing His love and, and just ha- like realizing that I didn't have to live in doubt or fear or worry. And so then um, I actually wanted to go to the Honor Academy, which is where I've been for the last year, and then I had fear about that. But I started to get involved in Christian ministries and churches here in the Twin Cities and... I don't remember, oh yeah. I got here um, after a mission trip with Teen Mania, where I like just encountered the Lord in more ways. And then I started to come here, and then I in- got to meet other Christians, and had fellowship, and then moved into a house with other believers and other women, and then experienced that whole thing of living in community, and having transparency, and honesty, and, and accountability, and all of those things that come in fellowship and I was really healed of a lot of things, and I watched people who knew who the Lord was. I watched them encounter the Lord, and so that, that kind of birthed this depth and this desire to, to know who God is, and to, to be free of the things that I was still struggling with, and just to know the Lord. Um, So I, one thing that I really did want to talk about is identity. And I know it's something that we talk about a lot. Um but it's also something that we're we're never going to fully understand, I think, cuz we're never going to fully understand the Lord. And I as I've come to realize that, I know and I find out who I am by finding out who he is. And so, if I don't know who he is, then I don't know who I am. And so um I know that like sometimes we have you know, as especially in this culture, <laughs> I was just thinking about this, but we're really a culture that is striving to try to figure out who we are and the, there's all those like self-help self, self-help books or those coming of age movies and we're like that's who I am and, you know, I'm a hipster or I am a barista or I'm a musician or we associate ourselves with these things that we want to belong to or that we want to be and I'm going to get a little bit of water. But we like, we want to appear a certain way to a certain group of people to be accepted and I think a lot of that has to do with parent wounds or mother wound or father wound because maybe we weren't affirmed as children by our dad or our mom. Maybe as women we grew up and we never knew if we were lovely. Or maybe as men we grew up and we never knew if we were good enough. And so as we grow into adolescence we try to discover who am I? What am I here for? And what am I doing? And those are like the big questions that we always ask. And we'll always keep asking them because we're growing and We're encountering new things, and we're meeting new people. And so, as we continue to know God and come to know who he is, then we'll know who we are. Um, hmm. You know how, like, we're a culture that we take a lot of selfies. You guys been on the internet? People are always taking selfies, and I, I've actually heard that when we take selfies and when we update Facebook things, and these are not these are not bad things, especially where your heart is and what your motive is. But scientists actually say that when we receive things like a like or affirmation on social media, it releases like this pleasure in our brains, and so sometimes and some pe- people become addicted to, like, social media affirmation. And that's that's not really the core of who who we are. But in the moment, it's like, yes, I got 58 likes and the photo of my face. And, uh, I mean, we a lot of people, I'm sure, will like your face, but it's also because they know who you are, you know? Like, if you're scrolling through and you see your friend, you're going to like something that they post most of the time because you like that person. And so... Some of us have become really addicted to that social media It's because we're striving for this desire of, like, I want to know who I am and I want people to know who I am, you know? Um. So, hmm, try to I did want to share a story, though. Um. But like I said, as we continue to encounter the Lord, he's going to tell us who we are. And if we go to Matthew 4. Sorry, not Matthew 4. Matthew 16. This really blew my mind. But um, so Jesus, probably the most polarized figure to ever be talked about on the planet. You know, everybody has an opinion of who Jesus is, the movies. Um, p- some people say he's a prophet, some people say he's an avatar, some people say he's Lord, and some people say that he was a good person with good morals. And so in Matthew 16:13, we have Jesus coming to the district, and he's talking to the disciples, and he's asking them, you know, who do people say that the Son of Man is? So Jesus already knows. Jesus knows his identity. He identifies himself as the Son of Man. But he's asking the disciples, who do other people say that I am? And some of them say, oh, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say that, um, that you're Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jeremiah. Um. But, the, but Jesus wants to know, no, like, who do you say that I am? And I think this is the first time that I really realized that, okay, I have to know God to know me. Because Peter laid that out for us. He, he was that example because he answered the Lord by saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus responds to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. So Jesus acknowledges who he is. But then he says, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then Jesus changes his name. So he says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so I love that. Um, I I know that as I've continued, especially at Teen Mania, they have a restricted like one hour quiet time. And at first, I was kind of like, "Well, I don't want my time with the Lord to be like something that I have to do," but it re- it really is for the best. And as I spent time with the Lord before, that's how I knew and encountered the Lord. But a- as Simon answered Jesus, telling him who he is, so Simon realizes and understands that you are the Son of God the Lord then turns and he acknowledges Simon for who he is and he calls him by a new name. And that's what the word says. The word says he will call you by a new name. And then he gives him an identity and then he gives him a calling. And so it, it's this moment where, where he, he comes to get, I mean, he kind of, he got it all in one moment and maybe that will happen for you too, but he, he has an understanding and he's given a calling And a lot of you guys have been given a calling as well, and it's in your heart, and it's in your soul, and you have this dream, and you have this desire. Sometimes it's really scary. Sometimes it seems like something that we can do or that's tangible, Um, but we know that each person has been given a specific calling and a specific personality trait, even of the Lord, and so there's something that you were born for, not out of a mistake, but something that you were born to do, not just to... Uh, of course, to know God and to love God and have intimacy with him. But there's something specifically on this earth that you're supposed to carry out because when you do that and you walk in your identity in that, then people will come and they'll see that trait of the Lord. It's kind of like Paul has children. So all of his kids have a little bit of both Paul and Karen's personality. And so when you meet his kids— I see a little bit of them. Today Naomi was talking and I saw Karen in her face In her mannerisms when she was speaking. I was like, oh, you know, and you know that that's her child, that, that you belong to your mother. And that's the same thing with the Lord is that as we continue to know and understand who the Lord is, as our father, as our savior, is our friend and our lover, we're gonna continue to get characteristics and traits of him. It's kind of like, when the Word talks about the fruits of the Spirit, I do not have a lot of patience. With certain things, I have patience, but I always am asking the Lord for more patience. I'm always asking the Lord for more self-control and always asking Him for more peace and for more joy. And maybe some of those things I've, I've learned to incorporate into my walk and into my life a little bit more than the other ones. But I have to continue to be in a place where I can surrender to the Holy Spirit and ask Him for more and ask Him for more and ask Him for more because I want to look like my father. So yeah, so so right now, sometimes, I mean, I'm sure it's been on for ages, but there's this generation of people that don't know who they are. And this is who you are. And I think one thing also, too, is like, it's really hard sometimes to have quiet time, isn't it? I will set aside an hour sometimes after work, before work, whenever is best for me. And I'll sit down and I'll be like, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. And then like two minutes into my prayer, I'm like, oh, I really need to send that email. And I'll go and I'll send that email. And I'll be like, well, I should probably check Instagram for a second too. Or maybe I should like do a load of laundry or something. But it's hard sometimes, isn't it? It really is. And it's hard to crack this thing open. And I think, well, I know because that that's really something that the enemy is going to try to steer you away from because if you don't know who you are and you don't know what you're called to do there may not be a zeal or a passion to carry out what you're called to do and I was just reading this book um, on spiritual identity crisis and something that is really prevalent in the church And one thing that the author was talking about is there are a lot of people that have an orphan spirit. I know I had an orphan spirit. It was very easy for me to justify my actions by, well, it's because I didn't have a dad or it's because I didn't have a mom. That was very easy for me for a long time. But as I continued to get to know the Lord as not only my father, but my mother, it was a lot easier for me to be like, well, I don't actually have to do these things because of what the Word says. But Satan is actually, uh, I think, the first person to ever have an orphan spirit. He was kicked out of heaven. And so I don't know if you've ever been around a person that kind of likes to suck the life out of you. Usually, sadly, it's because they're going through circumstances that are negative or they're also justifying actions by things that happened to them that were wrong or that were unpleasant. But it's easier for a person that's down to kind of try to bring someone else down with them. And that's what the enemy is going to try to do to us because as he is orphaned, he wants us to feel orphaned as well because that's going to bring in fear and that's going to bring in insecurity and then you're not going to know God as your dad or your mom. And so... I mean, he is always going to be questioning your identity. And that's where I was going to take you guys in Matthew 4. Where Satan questions Jesus' identity. And we see that when Jesus was in the desert after fasting, the tempter came and he said to him, If you are the Son of God. So he kept questioning, If you are the Son of God. And even, <laughs> even in Genesis, it wasn't, let me actually make sure. It wasn't this, when he went to tempt Eve, I don't believe that he ever questioned, you know. It was more of like a question of, do you believe that God is holding out on you? a good parent would not do that but he's always going to be questioning your identity and so that's why i believe that it's very important for us to know our identity and your identity is tied to how you see him so there's scriptures all i love ephesians Ephesians is a great book to read for identity. But as we continue to read through the New Testament especially, um, there's a lot of riding on us as sons and daughters of God. And as a son and as a daughter of the Lord, we we know that God is our father, correct? But as a child grows up with their parent, their parent will continue to walk them through Adolescents and stages of their life of teaching them what to do in that stage. And for a long time, I had this picture of, especially when I make mistakes, this is how I picture the Lord of, I'm like this little kiddo, and I'm trying to learn how to walk, and I'm like taking these wobbly first steps. But I see the father in front of me, and he's got his arms wide open, and he's smiling, and he's like excited. Have you guys ever seen Life as We Know It? Okay, it's this movie where these two people have to like, take adopt a kid or something and they're really excited when the little baby is learning how to walk and she's like running around and you got the dad in front and that's always been my picture but recently I had a pastor kind of show me the other way where he's also holding your hands up where he's like walking you close and that's true because as the Holy Spirit he's the the comforter and he's trying to help you take your steps as you continue to grow and continue to mature in the Lord, but then you also have the Father in front of you who is encouraging you and uplifting you and smiling at you and loving you, even when you fall. And when you fall, he always is faithful to pick us back up. Always faithful. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where on the sin scale your sin falls. When you come with a heart of surrender, whether it's lust, whether it's pride, whether it's greed, whether it's, I don't know, sin is sin, right? He's always faithful. When we are to cry out, Abba, I need you, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me. I need self-control. I need patience. I need the ability to have joy and to have peace. He's always faithful. As a faithful parent, and so that's also another thing that I wanted to talk about is, is, is what we do. You know, a lot of times we let what we do and what we say define who we are. Like I said, you know, for me, I would, I would say um, I have brown hair. That's part of my identity. I'm a barista. It's kind of a part of my identity. But those, are not, those things are not the core of me because tomorrow I could not be a barista and tomorrow I could dye my hair blonde. And so what, what is the core of who I am as a woman of God? I know as a woman of God that I'm lovely. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a man, but I know men, are go- men of God are, are called to be great. You know, you're good enough. You're enough. You're strong. You're mighty. And you have a purpose. And women, you're lovely, you're beautiful. Not to America's standards or to the standards of ourselves. But because that's what the Lord calls us. That's what he says. And there's this little quote I saw on Pinterest. How many of you guys like Pinterest? So sometimes I even there's a there's sometimes I even want to associate myself with like my identity of what I pin on my Pinterest boards. Like, you know, people will be like, Oh, I looked at your wedding board, it's really hipster, and I'll be like, Yeah. But well, that's not my identity. But there was a quote, and it said um, how sure one is when one knows that they are loved. And that's so true because when you n- know that you're loved or you're accepted, you walk out in more confidence of who you are. And that all comes back to when you encounter the Lord, you know your identity, you know what he's called you to be, and you know who what he has for you. Um. But what we do is not about who we are. You know, we're called to be human beings, not human doings. And so the Lord will continue to show us that, continue to open up our eyes to make us realize oh, your sin does not define you, the cross defines you. Yeah. So the spirit of adoption. <laughs> I love to talk about this. I'm adopted. I don't have um, physical parents, but I know that I have the Holy Spirit and I have Jesus and I have my Heavenly Father. And one day I do want to be adopted. So I've studied a lot about adult adoption because I was emancipated from my birth mother. And as I've come to study adult adoption, it kind of got me curious to study Adoption in the days where they were writing that, you know, he will not leave you as orphans and you have been predestined to be adopted into the kingdom. And I'm trying to learn about inheritance and and how Jesus is also like my brother and what does it mean that the Lord is like my father? Does that mean Jesus is my brother? Going on a journey of trying to figure this out. And what I've learned is that in Jewish culture, when you were adopted, most of the time it was an adult adoption. So there was always an agreement between the adult who was doing, who was adopting the adult and the adult that was about to be adopted. There was an agreement of, yes, I want to be adopted. And the adoptee was like, yes, I want to adopt them. So there's mutual agreement. And the Lord is always saying that he wants to adopt us. It's in the Word. It says that we are predestined to be adopted. And so we have to decide do we want to be adopted? Do we want to share in the inheritance with Jesus? And in Jewish culture, once you were adopted, that that was you were adopted. And it wasn't this thing of you kinda of got the leftover scraps and you rented that small little room in the bottom. No, you shared in the full inheritance of all the other children that were born into that family and everything that was Previous to your adoption was completely destroyed. Your name was changed. There was nothing that carried on to your new adoption. And so, as we are born again, right? The word says we're born again. So that means that we previously died, and you can't you can't really do much with a dead person. You know, like what what they had, even their stuff they don't get anymore. And so, as we're born again into the kingdom, we share in the full inheritance. Um, in in luke one thirty five it says that Jesus was fathered by the Spirit, and then in Galatians four six it says that we are fathered by the spirit in john 6 twenty seven it says Jesus was sealed by the Holy Spirit, and the word says that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit Jesus was anointed acts 10 38, 2 corinthians one twenty we are anointed by the Holy Spirit, so we share in this place of being able to encounter the father in the same way that jesus did because we see through the life of him that he had so much confidence and so much love and so much grace to give in in every circumstance to every person that he ever met and i need that and i work i work at starbucks and i work in texas as well so east texas um most of my coworkers. Um, are very damaged and hurt by the church. I think I have two, three, three co-workers that know the Lord and they love the Lord, but most of them have been very hurt and grew up in the church or grew up as pastor's kids or missionaries' kids. Those will not be my children because I will love them by the grace of God, but they have a lot of pain and they have a lot of baggage sometimes that they bring to work and sometimes it's really hard for me because I want to just be like stop acting like that and I want to like you know I don't know tell them or I sp- I sp- there's this one coworker I have and I have to pray all the time I have to like go in the back and I'm like speaking in tongues and I'm walking around and I'm singing Holy Spirit under my breath and they're like looking at me funny because I'm that weird girl from teen mania but I like need so much patience with her but I can't have it and I mean I maybe a little bit, but it'll be fleshly patience, right? I can't get the patience that I need unless I know who I am in the Lord. And if I know that, okay, I'm loved unconditionally, so Jesus helped me to love her unconditionally. And that was how Jesus walked in his life. Is he never he never had a desire to to talk back to people or to call them names or, you know what I mean? He wasn't malicious. He was always so full of grace, but he went away all the time to pray and to know who the Lord is and to know who the Father is, especially before he was on the cross. He spent time with the Lord because he needed it. He needed the Lord, and he walked in confidence of who and what the mission was, and he had joy in it he had so much joy. It wasn't like, oh, I got to go to the cross and I have to die for these people. The word says for the joy set before him. And we are the joy set before him. As a father he is, he is happy and he is excited that we live and we breathe. You know? He created us. <laughs> he will not leave you as orphans. But You have to let him be your dad. You gotta let him love you. Hmm? Jesus taught us to pray. He taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Not our monthly bread or our weekly bread, it was daily. And sometimes I miss days. Sometimes I miss weeks. And then I feel like I'm running on E, like I haven't been to the gas station in a while. And I need grace. And sometimes I need it in a moment. He brings it. But it's always best when I can give him more time, like any relationship, give him more time. As I am hanging out with that guy a lot, people have been telling me, you kind of talk like Jeremiah now, and you laugh like him. And I'm like, oh, great. So I laugh like a man. And they're like, no, no, I mean like, like, you know, and I'm like, oh, I guess. But as I continue to hang out with him, I'm going to look like him a little bit. I will not have a beard, but you know what I mean? Like my mannerisms may start to be a little bit like that. And I'm okay with that. But it's the same thing with the Lord. So as I let him love me, he changes me. And as I let him love me, i receive his characteristics it's your it's your daily bread you know you're a son you're a daughter of the most high do you guys know what a um an african impala is it's like an antelope and they have this ability to <laughs> leap up to like 35 40 feet it's crazy but if you go to the local zoo They're in fences that are about five feet tall. They don't know. They don't know that they have the ability to jump over that fence. They have no imagination, and they have no, no, I don't know, realization of their identity of, oh, I'm an African Impala, and I can actually jump five of these fences. They don't know, and so they don't do it. They don't go forward into new territory. But you and I are not Impala's. <laughs> we're sons and we're daughters. We're children growing up to be men and women. Yeah. I'm going to pray. Is that okay? <clears throat> Jesus, we just thank you that you call us your prized possession Lord that you delight to know us and to encounter us and to love us that we are not a nuisance to you and so I just ask that you would just continue to allow us to have our eyes opened to see who you are the majesty and the beauty (laughs) that you are Lord, just as Moses saw your glory and he got to climb to the top of the mountain, Lord, we pray the same thing in our lives, Lord, that we would continue to be taken from glory to glory, Lord, to higher higher places and, and new depths, Lord, that you would just continue to wash over us with grace and with love and that you would speak truth. The most beautiful thing that we would ever hear, Lord, is truth from your lips. And so would you speak to us? Would you whisper to us in the quiet, in the loud places, Lord, in our sleep, Lord, that we would just continue to be still and to know that you are God, that you hold us, that you cover us, that you take delight in us. So Jesus, we just ask that you would continue to go before us and make all the crooked places straight in our lives. That you'd continue to rid us of things that bring pain or or hurt. That you would heal our hearts, Lord, that you would just do what you do best in the dusty, in the dark places of our hearts that you know and you see, but you still love us so much. We are fully known and fully loved by you. (laughs) And so we just thank you for the cross. And we thank you for everything that you've done in our lives today and what you're going to continue to do. And we love you, Jesus. Thank you for first loving us. Thank you for taking us and seating us at higher places. (laughs) Yeah, in your name, amen.
1: Thank you, sister. That is good news, no? Our identity, we are found in the Lord. You know where that's, where that starts? Where that begins, where we find our freedom, our liberty, our identity? Does anyone know? It's not not a trick question. Jesus. Death and resurrection. Amen. Yeah. It's good news. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. Uh did anyone uh get up last night to go see the blood moon? I tried to. I woke up and went out, but there's clouds. But do you know um what uh time of year this is? There's a certain celebration going on. Passover. Um, What is the Passover celebration? Does anyone know? Passover. Right? In Egypt, when the Israelites are captured in there, it's the last plague, the death over the firstborns. And God instructs them to, to wipe what over the door? Lamb's blood over the door. And the angel passes over them, and they don't die. There's another really significant Passover that um, happened in in Scripture. And so they started, well, they start celebrating this, right? So they start celebrating this Passover. And and we learn that on the night of Passover, Jesus and his 12 disciples were celebrating Passover, right? What are some, some words when you think of celebrating Passover? Just some adjectives that you would think would would identify that celebration food. food fellowship, do you think it'd be fun? okay, this is a people group that were in bondage many times, okay, but this celebration is all about freedom, okay, It was also really ritualized and maybe in some ways wasn't so fun, but it was a I think it was a good time. they were celebrating freedom, right. Freedom and victory, Passover, they're like, the blood of the Lamb, you know, set set us free, and now, you know, we're living as as God's people. So we see in in the, the Gospels that Jesus and his disciples are celebrating Passover. They're reclining at the table, right? They're having a good time, I think. I think they're probably having a good time, you know, when all of a sudden Jesus surprises them, and, you know, it's like, oh, one of you is going to betray me. You know, it actually says in, in Mark that. Then they started to become sorrowful. You know, all of a sudden they're like, whoa, that's kind of out of place, Jesus. You're bringing up this bad news as we're celebrating Passover. Um, but we're going we're gonna to have communion um, together. And this is just so fascinating. So on the celebration of Passover, Jesus, okay, the disciples are so confused, right? He, he takes the bread, right? And then he takes the cup, and he says, it's my blood spilled for you. And just as the Jews celebrated the Passover when the blood of the Lamb set them free from Egypt, we, when we take communion, what do we remember? The the Passover, the death and resurrection, where we're saved by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Isn't that cool? I think that's really cool. And And sometimes, okay, this is a time to be really reverent and and to understand and know, but it is a party. It is a party. This is the the mark of all freedom and joy and goodness and victory. It's our entrance into heaven and everything. So you can bring those out. You can pass these out. Don't take it right away, okay? Hang on to it. We want to take it together. We want to take this together. So don't eat it. But we're remembering in this time, okay, where we find our identity, where our freedom comes from, where our joy comes from, where our hope is for eternity. This is the the life substance of Christianity. Turn to your neighbor and say, That's good news. And so this is a time to to remember that sacrifice that we're celebrating th- this weekend Easter Hallelujah So I'm giving you permission to really enjoy taking taking communion today and to think about all of the goodness, the crazy wonder that what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross I'm just going to keep stalling a little bit until we kind of have it all passed. Good, Dan. But during this time, like even now, you can, you can turn to your neighbor and tell them something encouraging. Tell them how much Jesus loves them. Tell them that you're so glad that they're going to heaven with you and that you get to live together forever. tell them just how wild you are that Jesus died for you and for them because you were both such big messes
2: oh the blood of Jesus oh the blood of Jesus oh the blood of I will never praise you. I will never praise you. Praise you, washes. As white as snow.
1: So Jesus took the bread and, after blessing it, he broke it, handed it to his disciples. He said, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. This is where all sin was taken into his body and was put to death on the cross for us. It's where we find our liberty. Go ahead and eat the bread. And then he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, don't forget to give thanks. He gave it to them and they drank of it. And he said, this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins do this for the remembrance of me yeah hallelujah God thank you so much Jesus hallelujah we praise you just go ahead and just start praising Jesus Thank you, God, for liberty. God, we thank you that you have set us free. God, thank you that you have forgiven us of all of our transgressions. Lord, that you have seated us in heavenly places. Lord, that we are one with you because of your sacrifice, God. That we are one people. That we are in union together. We have one thing in common. And that's your blood and your body. Your grace and your mercy. You poured it out for us, God.
2: wonder working power in the blood, in the blood there Lamb. Is power. power in the world, power. working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power Power in the blood. When you are evil. You are evil. evil. A victory win. There's wonderful power power in in the the blood. blood. There is power, 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 power in the the blood of the Lamb. Stand up. Come on. There's power, 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 a wonder-working power in the the precious blood 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 of the Lamb. Lamb. There is hope, there is hope, hope, Hope. a wonder-working hope in the blood, in the blood, in of the Lamb. There is hope, hope, Hope. a wonder-working hope. In the, the, the flash blood of the
0: land <laughs> 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 i
1: feel like we should do another song huh Yeah, another one.
0: Okay. Recommend. (laughs) 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 Uh, He is
2: exalted. He is exalted. The King is exalted on on high. I will praise Him. He is exalted forever, exalted, and I will praise His name. He rules the Lord, forever His truth shall reign. Heaven and earth rejoice in His holy name. He is exalted, the King is exalted on high. exalted, exalted. king is exalted on high and i will praise you i will praise you you are exalted forever exalted and, and i will praise you. your name he rules the world forever your truth shall reign Rejoice in your holy name. He is exalted forever, is exalted high. You are the Lord, forever your truth shall reign. Heaven and earth, rejoice in your holy name. Exalted, the King is exalted on high. For you are exalted, the King is exalted on high.
1: Tell your neighbor some good news. Go ahead, you can tell him.
2: God i me strength the soul and pride With all of it come on I will praise you Lord with all of my heart With all of my heart I will praise you Lord with all of my heart. I will praise you, Lord.
1: We're going to, I love in the ESV uh, Bible, it says over and over again that we glory in Christ Jesus together, together, amen. amen. Um, so we're going to just spend some time encouraging one another, proclaiming the gospel over each other and praying for one another. Okay, so just turn with the people um, you're with right there. Or if you came with someone and you want to pray with them, you can um, go find them, but just turn um, with people right now. Go ahead. Turn and pray. Turn and give thanks. Turn and encourage each other. Tell them how awesome they are.